0: Well, hello guys, day 21 of our Christmas Advent reading. Hope you are having a great day. Uh, this week of celebration of uh, that coming Messiah, uh, the week of Christmas. Today, day 21, Mary, did you know? I know, please don't go there, but Mary, did you know? Um, and our reading today is gonna be in Matthew, Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And this is day 21. So here we go. Hope you got your Bibles. Uh, Let's start reading. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but, a new, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The time of fulfillment. It is finally happening after 20 days. It is finally happening. In our journey through the Bible, looking forward to Jesus, we are finally stepping over into the New Testament. These last five days, we are going to be looking at the beginning of each gospel account in preparation for Christmas. When you read through Matthew's version, the book of Matthew, of the story, you can't help but be impressed by how much of the Old Testament he quotes, referring to the events surrounding Jesus' birth. We mentioned this before, but Matthew was Jewish and was writing to a predominantly Jewish audience. So it makes a lot of sense that he would remind them of the Old Testament prophecies. The most exciting part of this being the fact that all of those promises that God made to his people are finally coming true. What an amazing privilege that we have to be able to see all playing out in front of us. The righteous fiancé. The first thing we need to remember here is that the engagement worked a little differently in New Testament time period than it does today. When we see that Joseph and Mary are engaged, we need to realize that this was a legal agreement that required an actual divorce in order to break up. It was was a way more serious commitment back in those days. As the narrative unfolds, we find out that Mary is pregnant and that it isn't Joseph's baby. If he wanted to, Joseph could have taken her in front of the courts and had her severely punished. However, he was he is a righteous man. He seems to really love and care for her. And let's not get um, let us not go unnoticed that he even before God reveals to him the reality of the situation when he still thinks that he has been portrayed by Mary, he plans on showing her grace before it ever happens. The forgotten prophecy. While Joseph was thinking about what to do with Mary, God sent an angel to him to give him instructions. Now, to be honest, we know less about this vision than we do about Mary's angelic visit, visit on Luke 1. Here, all we know is that an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream telling him about what's going on with Mary. What the angel tells him is unbelievable and humanly impossible. He tells him that there is no earthly father for her baby. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What? I know. And that's exactly how it's written. What? This is such an unbelievable message that it required an angelic messenger to make it believable. In Luke's account, we get to see Mary's side of it. Let's be honest. Mary's surprise would have uh, to be 1000 times more surprising than Joseph's since we actually uh, talking about a baby inside her body. But should it really be a surprise? I mean, we really talked about Isaiah 7, 14. Didn't they know that God had prophesied that a virgin would have had, would have a baby and that the baby would be our savior? This is where we need to revisit our conversation about the prophecies with more than one fulfillment. I really believe that most Jews believe that the prophecy in Isaiah 7, now this is the author, I really believe that the most of the Jews believe that the prophecy of Isaiah 7 was completely fulfilled with Meher Shahel Hashbaz. Think about it. If they really thought it was still supposed to be fulfilled, wouldn't they wouldn't every unmarried Jewish girl be thinking, fingers crossed, it might be me? I think so. I mean, when Joe found out about Mary's pregnancy, shouldn't his first thought have been, I wonder if Mary is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the seed of the woman from Genesis 3 and the virgin that Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah 7. Okay, that might be an exaggeration, but you get the point. Anyway, I think Mary and Joseph are rightfully surprised because even though we know that God clearly communicated in Isaiah about a virgin birth, it totally wasn't on their radar. It really is a surprise. I love it when a plan comes together. It's finally starting to fit into place. We said this before, but now it's even clear. When Isaiah prophesied about the virgin having a baby, it was always intended to be about Mary having Jesus. Yes, it was also about what happened in Isaiah 8, and we read about that. But what does it take anything away from it really being about Jesus. This is so clear because now we understand the full meaning of the baby called Emmanuel. Sure, in Isaiah 8, the baby was born, showed God's people that he was with them. But when Jesus is born, he is actually, he actually is God. He truly is God with us, Emmanuel. In addition to being called Emmanuel, God tells Joseph that he is supposed to name the baby Jesus. But this needs a a little explanation since he tells him, for he will save his people from their sins. How does that fit in? Well, the name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. Now you'll read the book of Joshua in a different way. If there is any doubt in Joseph's mind that his son is, was going to be in the anointed rescuer, it should be gone now. God is telling him that the little baby that has been chosen to raise uh, to raise is both the Messiah and God incarnate. Reflection. As we look forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus, and y'all, just as Mia just reminded me, it's just three days. I don't know, that's what she just said. I'm not keeping up. As we look forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus, we need to remember that it is not something that is easy to believe. And I've got another book I'm gonna share in the comments that I'm reading now. We need to intentionally make sure that we don't take all of this for granted. We've seen nativity sets our whole lives, but let's pause today to remember what a huge deal this is. God worked a miracle when Mary became pregnant. It took an angelic vision to convince them what was going on. So don't be surprised if others don't believe it either. We need to follow the example of Joseph and respond with faith. We can see from this text that Joseph believed because he named the baby Jesus. That's how we know that he believed. This was Joseph's way of saying that this child was the savior of the world. He was born as a savior 2,000 years ago, and today remains the only way for people to be saved from their sins. Remember, it was Jesus himself that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They must go through the one that was born on Christmas Day and the one that died and rose again on that third day came to be a savior for the world. So I hope y'all are looking forward to it. I am loving the fact we are now in the New Testament, day 21. Uh, Open your your Bibles, guys. Read through Matthew. Hope y'all have a great day. Enjoy this Christmas week. See you tomorrow.